Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. share with you as principles that each and every one of you uh, go through to be to inherit your promise your destiny your calling okay uh, and I'm calling it covenant etiquette <laughs> wow <laughs> covenant covenant etiquette and what I want you to yes yeah, cool uh, I want you to realize is Everything in Christianity, the Bible, the Word of God, is all based on covenant. It's all based on covenant. Every promise, promise and covenant can't even hardly be separated. So I want to give you a few definitions, and then I've just pulled out, them seems like a lot of scriptures, I just pulled out a few scriptures to establish the fact that uh, promises are mutual agreements. They're based on covenant. So in other words, you've got to get in your spirit just because God says something uh, that you're entitled to something does not mean that you're going to walk in it. A lot of people say, well, God said it, I believe it, that makes it so. No, you have to covenant with God and His promise uh, uh, if you're going to walk in your destiny and what God has promised you. You can't sit back and say, well, if God wants me to have it, I'm going to, no, that ain't the way it works. All the way from the beginning. Uh, so covenant, uh, here's, I'm going to give you a few definitions. The word covenant, and you got to understand, this Bible is made up of two covenants. The old covenant and the new covenant. You look up that word in the New Testament and the New Testament writers used it over and over and over. Jesus, uh, uh, the Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter number 8, is the guarantee of a better covenant based upon better promises, okay? So a covenant always involves two parties, that God's got his part, but if you don't understand you've got yours, you will miss your destiny. You will, you'll, you'll not step into what God ordained for you from the very foundation of the world. So a covenant, <laughs> by definition, <clears throat> is a mutual consent or agreement between two or more persons. It's a mutual consent or it's an agreement between two or more persons to do or to forbear some act or thing. It's the same thing as a contract. Now, we don't like that word uh, really because it almost like it takes away from real family. Uh, but in, in actuality, the New Testament is founded upon the principle of a marriage, right? The marriage supper of the Lamb. What is a marriage? A marriage is a contract, right? It's a contract based on love, but it's still a covenant, right? It's still a mutual agreement. Matter of fact, uh, I'm going to deal with the first covenant tonight but uh, with Abraham. But actually, without the terminology, the first covenant was revealed uh, early in the book of Genesis when he put Adam and Eve in the garden. He put a tree in there that they couldn't eat from, right? That tree represented covenant. There was a mutual agreement between that party and God's party that they could not eat that tree, right? In order to walk in the blessings of God. Why? 
Why? Because without covenant, without mutual agreement, love has no opportunity to manifest itself. So I want you to look at it like that. You mean God wants to sign a contract? No, he wants to enter into covenant. Because he was God enough to make you do anything he wanted you to do, right? He, he is God enough, but he's such a God of love, he didn't want that type of relationship. He wanted a mutual relationship that operates on love, which only is manifested in covenant. Matter of fact, your Bible says faith worketh by what? Love. So uh, the word covenant, I think we have lost its meaning of. So covenant actually means to enter into a formal agreement. It means to stipulate. It means to make stipulations. Uh, and I really love this when you, when you tie covenant to promise. It means to bind oneself by contract. When God enters into covenant with you, he binds himself to you by his word. Are you following me? And he cannot break his word. The problem is if we don't understand our side, then God can't fulfill his side. So uh, here's, here's the general idea of a promise. A promise in a general sense is a declaration, written or verbal, made by one person to another, by which a person binds himself to the promisee. So when God makes a promise to you, he binds himself to you. Okay? Are y'all following me? But in that promise, uh, let me just read some of my definitions. A promise, and I know I'm reading faster than you can write it down, but if I don't, we're going to be too long. Uh, a, a promise is a declaration made by one person to another for a good to that person. But here's the catch. The obligation to fulfill a conditional promise deals on the performance of the condition. And that's the scriptures we're fixing to read. In other words, this Bible is full of covenant promises where God raised his right hand and said, I swear by my word, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you, right? But in that same covenant, it's always conditional. Now listen to me. Uh, I need you to hear what I'm saying. We always talk about this free salvation. But in reality, even salvation is based on a covenant. Even salvation is conditional. And people, I hear them say it all the time. I hear preachers throw it out there. Salvation don't cost you a thing. Jesus paid everything. That's a half truth. Because Jesus came preaching, except you repent, you can't have eternal life. Except you give and deny yourself, you can't come and follow me. So you see, an even salvation requires that I surrender something, right? It's two-way. In other words, I just can't take salvation and not make no move towards God on my own and say I'm saved. Are you following me? So every promise is conditional all the way back to salvation. If salvation was not conditional, nobody on the planet would go to hell. Jesus' death would have covered everybody. 
right? But you have to do your part to access this gift of salvation. Does that make sense to y'all? And so this is, uh, this common thread runs all through our Bible. Okay, I just gave y'all some scriptures and I want you to just read them out real loud, real fast. And what I want you to look for is the covenant promises in these scriptures, the conditional blessings that's in these scriptures. Uh, somebody read Psalms 1820 real loud. Okay, he said, the Lord rewarded me. What was the reward based on? My righteousness, my right standing with God. We don't like to talk about that stuff. We don't like to teach it because we're preaching such a free grace. But this is scripture, okay? Let's just pick a few more. Somebody read, and I want you looking for the blessing that is contingent upon an action of faith from my part. Psalms 37, 3 through 5. Okay, y'all see it in that one? He said you can live in the good land uh, and, and be fed, but first you got to do what? Trust in the Lord and do good. Keep reading. What's the prerequisite of God giving you your heart's desires? Are you following me? It's always covenantal. It's always covenant. He said, I can. Okay, let's just keep reading. And he will, and mine says, bring it to pass. He said, I'll bring it to pass, but what, this, what is the prerequisite? Committing my way to the Lord, putting my trust in him. Okay, is that all of that? These are just a few, and I could have picked out hundreds, but are you seeing the pattern? Proverbs 3, 1 through... Okay. Okay, are y'all hearing this? What is that? Passion? Yeah, that's sappy. <laughs> and it's, and it's kind of hard to follow it, but are you hearing it? God didn't have a problem saying, if, if. This is what I want you to have, a long and satisfying life, if. Okay, I don't know where you're at. I'm trying to keep up with you, but keep reading. Did you hear that? This is how you're going to find favor and understanding in the sight of God and man is by binding the truth on your neck. Are you seeing the covenant relationship? Okay, go ahead. You got another one? <laughs> uh, those verses said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and then he shall direct your path. So the prerequisite of God directing my path is what? Me trusting in him and not leaning on myself, but leaning on him. So in other words, God said, I can't direct your path if you're leaning on your own wisdom. So many promises belong to us that... 
we can quote them and know they're here, but we negate them if we don't enter into covenant relationship with God and fulfill our end of the bargain. I don't know what words to use here because terminology sometimes messes us up, but uh, we got to that, that nothing's required of me. And when we think like that, we rob ourselves of seizing our destiny. And we're going to look at that with Abraham. But uh, somebody read Isaiah 28, 3. No, that's 26, 3. Okay, I'll read it. That, and y'all going to remember this scripture. That will keep him in perfect peace. Somebody else quote it. There it is. Because he trusteth in thee. Who is promised peace? Okay. Are you seeing the dual action? God said, I can't give you peace if you don't fulfill your end of this covenantal covenant promise that we entered into. And that's by keeping your mind. God said, I can't give you peace if you let your mind run and worry and doubt and fear. Are you following me? So it takes some effort. Somebody shout effort. It takes effort to put a bridle on my mind. Can I get a witness? It takes effort to channel it in a certain direction. But when I do, God said, I'm going to meet you there. Now we're co-laboring. You talked about, I think it was you preached on that. Uh, now we're co-laboring with God, okay? Did I give out Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2? Somebody read it real loud. That's okay. Take your time. Okay, before you read the second one. In this powerful scriptures, God said, I'm going to set you on high above all nations of the earth. But what's the prerequisite? If you shall hearken diligently to my voice. I want to exalt you. I want to pull you up there. He said, if you will observe the commandments. I think I heard Kobe preaching some of this stuff this weekend. If you will observe to do, I'm going to do my part to lift up and exalt. Right? Read that second verse. Whoa, right there. All these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. And then the biggest word in the Bible is if. If. Go ahead and finish. That's a powerful chapter right there. Then he goes through saying, if you'll just listen to me, if you'll hearken to me, and if you'll walk in obedience to my will instead of your stinking will, I'm going to bless you coming. I'm going to bless you going. Are you following me? God is a God that needs to bless somebody. Are you following me? He don't just want to bless you. He's such a loving, giving. It's who he is. It's his nature. He needs to. It hurts him not to. It hurts him not to. Uh, uh, and there's so many other scriptures where he said, I put before you life and blessing, li life and death. Blessing and cursing. And in the same verse, he says, choose life. 
He said, I need you to choose the right path and co-labor with me so I can open up the windows and pour my blessings on you. Uh, I needed a couple New Testament scriptures just so you wouldn't think it's all Old Testament. Somebody read Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. Ephesians 6 and 2? No, 6 and 2 and 3. You, you just put them two together, didn't you? <laughs> Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. What's the prerequisite of it being uh, of it being well with you and living a long life on earth, honoring your mother and see the covenant, and it's all through here. My favorite scripture that I think I learned first in my Christianity is Matthew six thirty three. Yeah, everybody can quote that one. But seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and. All these things will be added to you. The prerequisite is my part of seeking God first, putting His rule first in my life, and then I ain't got to beg for anything. He'll just cause additions to come in our life. Are you following me? Now, I want to get into, turn to Genesis chapter number 15. We just took that much time to show you what covenant is about. And the promise is about. There's a lot of promises. This new covenant and old covenant is filled with promises and destiny for you to walk in. But there is a prerequisite that I must partner with my destiny. And I, by faith, must partner with God. Now, God willing, I'm going to try to do this as quick as I can to glean from Genesis principles. Because everything in the Bible was established in the book of Genesis. Every principle, every, every sacrifice, the crucifixion of Jesus, the resurrection, it can all be found in the book of Genesis in its seed form. So in other words, these are principles that work in our life, in every area of our life as it relates to you obtaining your promise. You walking in your destiny, and it's manifested in the life of Abraham. Are y'all there? Genesis 15. Verse 1 says, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, and I am your exceeding great reward. I'm tempted to stop right there and just teach something I love, but I'm not. Verse 2. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, to me you have given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is my heir. I need to stop right here and give you a prophetic word to you as an individual. You have been destined to give birth to your destiny. Not your husbands, not your wives, not your pastors, 
not your brothers, not just. We all have a personal, individual destiny that may come together for the collective good. Are you following me? But God's put something in you that is yours and nobody else's. Are you following me? Yours. And you'll never walk in the total fulfillment of Christianity until you find out what it is and walk in that destiny. And it will always complement the destiny of the entire body. There's no doubt about it. Are you following me? And I see this right here in Abraham. Genesis 15 and 3. Abraham said, to me you have given no seed, but, but, but I do have someone in my house who's not even related to me that can be my heir. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say that Abraham was disappointed because he knew he had something in him. But the fact he, he had submitted to the fact, well, I'm not going to give birth out of something out of me. So my blessing is connected to people around me. Am I making sense? No? I want to make it clear if I'm not. Uh, if you're not careful, you'll forfeit your personal identity and ministry and destiny and be content drawing from blessings from your brothers and sisters. You hear it in Abraham's voice. He said, I know there's something in me, but I can't seem to give birth to it because I'm impotent. My wife's impotent. The circumstances are not right. He said, but at least I got someone in my house that I can funnel these blessings out on. And we will vicariously live our lives through brothers and sisters rather than giving birth to your predetermined destiny. And he was copping out here. And, and you can hear the disappointment of God, I didn't give birth to this guy. I love Steve. Steve, and, and God connected us from the time I come to Louisiana, and I love every word you spoke into my life, and I love every prayer meeting we had together, and I love gleaning from you, but there's something in me too. Are you following me? And if we're not careful, instead of pushing through and giving birth to my personal destiny from God, I just go around sharing everybody else's testimony. Oh, my God, y'all got to get this tonight. I'm just glad that I know there's more in me. But, but, but Sarah said, but here's Hagar. She's, she's more qualified than me. You know, she's smarter than me. She's got more word in there. I'm trying to stir somebody up right now. No, Kim Taylor, you. Are you following me? You. You just can't come and be a part of a great church and ride on other people's anointings and only regurgitate their revelations because there's something in you, Donna. There's something in you. Right now you're gleaning from uh, in this discipleship program you're in. You're gleaning from Jennifer and other teachers that's pouring into you and that's great and that's what we're supposed to do for a while but there's something in you and if you've got to find out what that is and you've got to give birth to it. Because isn't it easier sometimes to settle back? There's, there's a little disappointment in it because there's a great calling in your life. 
I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to everybody. <laughs> because there's greatness in you, and you've kind of settled with, man, that's good worship. Man, I like the way they sing. Man, that's good preaching. Man, I just love that fire you got. And we'll just warm by other people's fires. I, I'm, I'm stuck here because I don't know if everybody's got it yet. Y'all got it, and I'll move on. This is what the father of our faith is saying. Lord, I didn't have myself. You know what? I didn't really give birth to my destiny, but you know that's all right. I'm surrounded by people of destiny. I don't want to unzip my shirt, y'all. Because Josh said I'm supposed to have a T-shirt under here. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I thought this was my shirt. Are y'all with me? Are y'all getting this principle? Stay with me now. I'm sorry. A squirrel. He said, to me, you've given no seed. And lo, the one born in my house is not really even flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. He's really not a product of me. Can I tell you, you got stuff in you that you deserve to give birth to that's you. It's bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh, and I can't give birth to it. Nobody else can around you. But listen to God. He come back and said, I feel a Holy Ghost in this place tonight. He's, 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 he's snuck up on me. And, and look at four, verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came in him and saying, Ha-ah, that person is not your heir. But he shall come forth from where? Out of your own body. What I got for you is coming out of you. Kobe, uh, all us elders, we listen to ministers all the time. And we're constantly getting nuggets from other ministers, right? I mean, that's the art of teaching, to be taught and then to share. And that stuff is so good. But there's nothing no more powerful and fulfilling until it comes out of your spirit. Isn't that right? When God gives you something, whether it's your ministry, your word, your revelation, he said, no, Abraham. He said, what, what I'm going to bless is coming out of your body, and as a result, it's going to be your heir, meaning you're going to pass it on down from generation to generation. Did you hear what I just said? If you don't give birth to what God put in you, you have no heritage to hand down to the next generation. All you can do is pass down religion. <laughs> All you can do is pass down hearsay. But when you give birth to it, it's an heirloom that you pass down to your children. And he said, okay, for you to be able to do that, look at verse number five. He brought him forth abroad. They're in Abraham's tent. <laughs> Did y'all hear what I just said? God is in Abraham's tent. <laughs> that don't seem to be affecting y'all like it affects me. Can you mean God being in your tent? <laughs> That's right. Visiting with you, communing with you. And he told him, he said, look at this. Are y'all with me in your Bible? He brought him forth abroad and said, look towards heaven. He said, the reason you can't see what I've put in you is because you're limited by your surroundings. So I got to get you out of your little box and let's go outside. 
All right? Some of you can't receive your destiny from God because you're stuck in your box and God can't get you outside it. <laughs> this is the way I always done it, you know. Uh, Renee, I got my colored clothes here. <laughs> I just love to pick on her. And I ain't even never been in her closet. You know, and I got everything here, and that's the way I do things. <clears throat> and she ain't the only one that's whacked. Y'all are whacked too. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? We got our little paradigms. Are y'all listening to me? And God can only bless us in the confines of what we're comfortable with. So he said, Abraham, we can't even talk. I can't even show you. Uh, you, you're thinking that you're not qualified. You're trying to pass it off on somebody else and you're just trying to ride somebody else. He said, come outside with me. So this is what God's got to do with you to get you into your destiny is get you outside your comfort little comfort zone. And then he said, what? Look towards heaven. In other words, you got to quit looking at this dimension and start looking into that dimension. You got to quit looking straight out and around at situations and circumstances, geographical locations, social standings, mental income, yeah, whatever that word is. Judging yourself for where you are, he said, I just need you to look up into that spiritual realm. And he said, now count the stars. If you're able to count them, he said, so shall your seed be. In other words, he turned the whole, he flipped the script. Not only are you not qualified, let me show you how qualified you are. Count the stars. It can't be done. You cannot imagine the things that God has in store for you and in you. But you'll never see them looking at your familiar, how many times you failed, as far as you've ever been able to go and never got past it, if that's all you can see, you'll never be able to see that I am able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you're able to ask or even think. So I need you to come outside your comfort zone, look into that realm, and I'm going to show you the endless, limitless possibilities for your life. I don't know if y'all are going to be able to receive this. It's too deep. It's too deep. I'm talking about you. You hear me, Abraham? I'm not talking about anybody around you. I'm talking about you as individuals tonight. Abraham went out, looked up, and man, look at verse number six. He said he just believed it. Wouldn't that be awesome if somebody actually preached a sermon and you just believed it? Can I get some response on that? I mean, really, I, I know you heard it, but wouldn't it be amazing if you so believed it that you left the church saying, wow. And we leave churches same old way. Hear a word like we heard Sunday morning. Walk out, same old way. When I'm sitting here telling you that your possibilities are as endless as the stars in the sky. What if you believe that right now? Somebody shake your neighbor, look them in the eye and ask them real sternly, do you believe it? Well, if you believed it, it would start crushing some insecurities out of your life. Amen? It would change some of the thoughts you're thinking about yourself. No one can lie to you. Are y'all listening to me? What if we like, just, it just said, and Abraham believed the Lord. <laughs> huh? I'm telling you, this scripture right here we need to teach, but I ain't, that ain't my goal tonight. 
I just want you to get that before we move. I want you to just lay your hand on yourself and pray for yourself right now. And I want you to pray this complicated, deep, theological, theologically correct prayer. God, help me believe. If you just would take that prayer seriously, help me to believe. Help me to be a believer. I have, I'm persuaded to believe you can be a Christian and not be a believer. Now, that's, I know that's an oxymoron. I think a lot of us are a whole lot saveder than we believe. Can I get a witness on that? I know that word's jacked up, but what if we believe this Bible we carry? What if when God said it, we like Abraham? I just believe it. <laughs> Why do you believe it? God said it. Hold up, boss. I feel something in my gut. Okay. He count, and he counted to him for righteousness. Isn't it amazing that God connects true belief with right standing with him? That is powerful. So the lack thereof is not right standing with God. Are, are y'all with me? That needs to be talked about, but we got to move on. Kobe, you thought of it. I'll let you talk about it. Genesis 15, 7. And God said unto him, are y'all still with me in your Bible or on your phone? I am the Lord that brought you out of Ur of the child, Chaldees to give you the land to inherit it. I'm going to read that again. Did anybody get revelation out of that scripture? I'm going to say it again. I am the Lord that brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you an inheritance. I am the God that brought you out to give you an inheritance. I am the God that brought you out for what? You mean he didn't just bring you out to be bringing you out? You mean he didn't just save you to miss hell and go to heaven? Are you listening to me? A lot of people just got saved, plump, plopped on pew. Are you following me? No. Your salvation wasn't because you were going to hell because hell wasn't created for you in the first place. That never was the plan of God. Amen. Abraham didn't skip around outside of Ur saying, I'm out, I'm out. I'm out. He said, okay, now, now that you're out, let me get you to your destiny. Are you following? High five your neighbor and tell him he brought you out for a reason. He brought you out to get you somewhere. He brought you out to take you somewhere. He brought you out, brother, because you got destiny in you. Sis, you got destiny in you. He didn't just save you because you needed to be saved. He saved you because he needed you. To walk in your destiny. You got to be stirred up if you don't get nothing else. If I don't finish this teaching tonight, you've already learned. You know, I got destiny in me. Thank God for Scott and your prophetic gift. Thank God I draw from it. But you know what? I got something in me too. Benny, you got something in you. Jimbo, you got something in you. And, and you're not even living a, a fulfilled Christian life until you find it and operate in it. This is the reason you can backslid on a pew and pray every day and go to church every time the door is open. Simply because you're not fulfilling what God called you to do. You'll dry up. You'll dry up. You'll become stagnant water. Uh, verse number 8. Lord God. Sh sh and he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Genesis 15, 9. And he said unto him. Okay. <laughs> Let's work this. Take unto me a heifer three years old, a she-goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Now we finna enter into 
the promise, right? The covenant agreement. He said, now, before we go any further, it's going to cost you something. I need you to take five animals and kill them. I need five carcasses sacrificed before we go any further. How many? Five. How many? How, how, how many? <laughs> Wait on me, sis. What does the flesh represent? I don't know how to ask that question. How many senses are in the flesh? Huh? Somebody call them out to me. Oh, well, I counted them. Are you following me? He said, before we can enter into true covenant, there's got to be five carcasses before we can do business together. The flesh is going to have to die before I can talk to you on the level I've brought you to. Oh, are you listening to me? We're going to enter into some serious business here, okay? Here is your part of the trend. Now, look, what I'm teaching you is how to step into your destiny, how to inherit your promises. That's already yours. He doesn't, he doesn't know that. I doesn't give you the land I'm taking you to, right? But he said, okay, before we go any further, there got to be some bloodshed. Something has got to die. These five senses, your flesh is going to have to die because your flesh can't handle what I'm going to tell you. Your flesh cannot operate in what I'm going to lay on you because your flesh will destroy it. Your flesh will mess it up. So here's your part of the transaction. It is going to require some sacrifice. Somebody write it down. It requires sacrifice. Don't let nobody tell you any different. Because your own salvation requires sacrifice. Right? Sacrificing what? Your life. Your will. Your opinion. Everything you are. Right? So here's your part. Five things are going to have to die. There's going to have to be five carcasses to ratify your end of the agreement. Right? But I didn't teach it, but remember the first scripture was in Genesis. God said, let me find it here. Okay, he showed up and told Abraham, said, don't be afraid. I'm your shield and I'm your reward. So before you start saying, I don't know if I'm willing to sacrifice that much, God said, I need you to know what the reward's going to be. Me. <laughs> Did y'all hear what I just said? God said, before you start saying, I don't know if I'm willing to give up all that. He said, let me tell you what the reward is. Me. Not a new car. Not a bigger home. Me. <laughs> wow. Somebody ain't catching that. Me. I'm the reward. I'm what you get. And if you get God, you get everything. Are you listening to me? Who cares about a car? It'll rot. But if I can get God, that's our problem. We got our reward system messed up. Oh, somebody ought to give the Lord a hand praise right now. We got it all messed up. And we want to be rewarded temporal stuff that will rot and rust and lose its value. God said, let me tell you what your reward is going to be. You're going to get me. Now, I bet nobody can relate to this as well as my wife. Because, <laughs> oh, some of y'all didn't catch it. They caught it quick. 
when I asked my wife to marry me, she said, I'm going to get you. It didn't matter that I didn't have a car to drive or a house to live in. I'm sorry. I couldn't pass that up. I get you. I weighed 130 pounds. I looked like a string bean with big bushy hair. Okay, can we go further? Verse number 10. He said, bring me these sacrifices. Some things are going to have to die because I'm going to catapult you into your destiny. Verse number 10. And Abraham now is doing his part. God gave him the word, right? And now here's Abraham. He took, <coughs> he took unto him all of these, cut them right down the middle. He took the sacrifices and halfed them. Divided them in the midst and laid one half over here and the other half over here and sprinkled blood all down the middle. He divided them in each piece, one against the other, but he divided not the birds. Now here's where we get the definition. The word covenant actually means to cut. The old timers used to didn't write checks, they cut checks. Y'all remember that old saying? Have y'all ever heard that? Cut them a check. Cut them a check. That comes from a check is a covenantal promissory note. It's an agreement. And it comes from right here to where when they entered into covenant with one another, they would take animals and cut them in half. And they'd lay this over here and this over here. And if me and Josh was entered into covenant, we would join hands and we would walk through the blood. And on the way through, I would say to Josh, let happen to me what happened to these animals if I break my covenant. It's the most powerful. It's called a blood covenant. Are you following me? Now, there's a lot to be taught on that, but it's really not my goal tonight. That's where covenant comes from, a cutting that something had to die for me and you to be in this type of blood covenant relationship. All this is pointing towards Jesus, right? And that's really good stuff. So, Abraham is doing his part to enter into covenant with God. God said, okay, get ready. Get ready. I need you to write this down. You've got to get ready to be blessed. Some of you are not even positioned. Some of us are not even in a position to be blessed. We want God to heal this relationship. We want God to take care of this. We want God to take care of our finances. We want God to take care of this and this. And we haven't even made the necessary preparations of faith to show God we want to enter into covenant with him. You've got to get ready to be blessed. You've got to position yourself to receive. Some of the things that we're even praying for and believing that know it's in the Bible, mentally, spiritually, and in our faith, we ain't even positioned ourselves to receive it. It's almost like rolling dice. It's, can I tell you, faith is not a game of chance. It's a game, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an act of preparation and moving by faith. Uh, so, in other words, Abraham, take your covenantal position of faith, and I'm going to show you some stuff. I'm going to show you some stuff. And, 
and if we had time tonight to really work it, there was a woman that they were finna come get our sons, remember, in the Old Testament, and God told her to gather some vessels, huh, and I'll bless you. What if she just said, well, you know, God said he'd bless me. I'm going to go on to the house. God said, no, she was positioning herself to receive. Some of us haven't even positioned ourselves in our mind, in our spirit, to even receive something so spiritual in our lives. Huh? What about when they wanted water? The uh, army was thirsting to death. And they, they went to the prophet and said, give us waters. What did the prophet tell them to do? Huh? You know what they would do? What if they just said, well, we told the prophet, if God wants us to give us some water, you know what? They'd have died out there of thirst. A lot of us are dying from thirst from the very thing that God wants to unleash in our life because we're not out there positioning ourselves and preparing ourselves to be blessed by God. Huh? And there's just story after story, but I'm going to move on because I'm after some stuff tonight. Okay, uh, so God said, okay, uh, here's what I need you to do. I'm going to show you some stuff. I'm going to show you your destiny, and I'm going to show you what you're going to walk in, but I need you to get five, five animals, cut them in half, get them all ready. Okay, so I want you to picture Abraham. He's killed these animals. He's divided them. There's blood laying there. God's done told him, you know, I'm going to give you some land. That's all he told him. It was very vague. It's very vague. That's important for where we're going. It was very vague. He said, all I, all I know is God's got destiny for me. There ain't nobody in this room that don't know God's got destiny for you, right? But I bet you if I started calling you out, the majority of me couldn't tell me what that destiny is. Right? Probably so. In a church size, everybody knows, you know, God's got something for me. But that's, we don't never know what he's got for us. And I'm going to show you why. So Abraham knows I got destiny. He's laid his sacrifice out there that was required by God for God to reveal it to him. And while the sacrifices is laying there, while he's waiting, look at verse number 11. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. Them carcasses laid there long enough for buzzards to smell them. Abraham's sacrifice laid there long enough for the birds to smell it. Stay with me. We're going to work this. Can I tell you something that you're going to relate to? Sacrifice in your life. Deeper level of commitment. A pursuit of God. You know, that we go through sometimes. I want more of God. A pursuit to ratify the covenant promises of God will always attract the birds of prey. Can I get a witness, anybody? Has anybody noticed that when you made a push, all of a sudden thieves, flying thieves, showed up to start trying to take away your commitment? They started trying to steal that word you were speaking. Oh, I just need somebody to be real with me tonight because everybody gets to this point to where I know there's more in me. I'm, I'm going to dive into God.
because there's something he's pulling me to. You, you know what I'm saying? There's something he's pulling me to, and I'm finna kill my flesh, and I'm finna lay this sacrifice out there, and God's going to. And I thought he'd be here by now. I thought this would have changed by now. Are y'all okay tonight? I really thought I would be stepping into this new level of authority by now. But now that sacrifice is starting to stink. And now here's these birds. And they're trying to take the very thing that God required of me to get to the level I want to get to, and they're trying to steal it. So, oh, my God. So Abraham's out there now with a bat in his hand. He's out there with a stick. He's done found something, and he's, you ain't taking my prayer time. You ain't taking my Bible study. You, uh, is anybody listening to me? God done spoke to me. He's got something for me. You ain't taking my peace he gave me the other day. You're not taking my joy. You stinking doubt. Birds. I see them as thoughts coming. Flying thieves. Is anybody listening to me? This is something everybody goes through. And if you're not willing by faith while you're waiting to fight the birds of prey, it's going to rob you of your destiny. This has helped me so many times. They're trying to rob you of your commitment. They're trying to rob you of what you started speaking when you laid them there. Are you following me? What you were believing for, what you're declaring, they're trying to get you to nullify the agreement while you're waiting. Oh, hear me, church. The birds of prey are trying to get you to nullify the agreement. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a song. I'm going to preach a sermon. I'm going to change Caldwell Paris. I'm going to affect people on my job. You listening to me? Uh, all fired up. I'm going to affect them. Amen. Only to find that in the delay, here comes the doubt. Here comes the doubt. If you are not willing to fight for your covenantal agreement with God, the birds is going to drag your sacrifice off and you have no medium of exchange. You let it go. You let it go. I just need you to look at your neighbor and tell them, it's a fight. And I ain't even, I ain't even talking about the devil no more. Because God done defeated him. The fight is in your mind. The fight is against your consciousness. Keep, stay with me now. Somebody say consciousness. You're so self-conscious. That's what you're fighting. This, can I tell you something? This place is where your destiny is forfeited time and time again. You heard from God. He showed up. He visited you. Enoch's all right. He visited you. You know there's greatness in you. You even started moving towards it. But when the bird started coming, you laid down. Somebody grit your teeth. Are you listening to me? you got to get your stick out and say, no, sir. God said, I'm going to fight it. There's somebody in this room right here tonight that is in the fight. 
Just kind of wave at me if you're out there. Probably everybody, you're in that fight right now. And the dedication you started out with, it just seems like something's stealing it, right? The passion you started out with, something's stealing it, amen? It's the, it's the principle of Abraham. Abraham, the Bible says he drove them off. In other words, he couldn't lay there saying, y'all leave my stuff alone. Oh, my God, are y'all listening to me? Don't do that. That's mine. Are you listening to me? Don't touch my passion. Don't touch my joy. Don't touch my commitment. Don't touch my, my uh, relationship with God. He drove them all. That means to move by force. He took his stand in the midst of his commitment to God and said, devil, you ain't getting it. Who am I talking to this evening? You got to take your stand right now and say, you not getting it. You not getting it. So this is where most destinies are forfeited. And the contractual agreement is broken. Did God go back on his word? He can't. God didn't do what he said he was going to do. Simply because I didn't do what he told me to do. Are you following me? I didn't fight by faith. This is the manifestation of faith. I didn't fight by faith. Amen. I didn't stand when I had no feelings and swing at birds. The hardest thing you'll ever do is swing at birds with no feelings. Are you listening to me? Rebuke thoughts when you don't feel it. Rebuke thoughts when you don't believe it. Drive them out in force when you don't feel it. In your marriage, in your relationships, in your own personal relationship with God. When you stand in the midst of it and God has not showed up yet, this is the biggest battle in your life. And you're fighting for your destiny. Are y'all hearing me, body of Christ? It's at that point you're fighting for your destiny. And how long you got to fight? Stay with me. Tell me. Hear me, you got to drive out every lie. You got to drive out complacency. You got to drive out doubt. You got to drive out discouragement. Here's one for you you got to drive out distractions. God, that's my biggest devil. Just distracted. I can be in a spirit of prayer and in the third heavens and a bird will fly by. Anybody, does that happen to anybody? Does anybody else have squirrels but me? And all of a sudden, I'm. I'm chasing a squirrel. Literally. Well, not literally, but <laughs> I'm going to get that squirrel. <laughs> and it happened to me today. And I snapped and said, oh, my God, what was I in prayer about? Can I get your club out? Are you listening to me? And you've got to fight. You've got to fight. You've got to drive them out. And listen to me. Verse number 12. He's fighting. How long you got to fight? How hard have you got to fight? Verse number 12 says, And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, and lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. A deep sleep. He fought until he fell asleep. He fought until a deep sleep came upon him. Stay with me, okay? Deep sleep actually is the word trance. And it's an unconscious state, by definition, I'm just reading the definition. It's an unconscious state characterized by an absence of response to external stimuli. We'll read that again, that's a lot. This is how long he fought until he went into a trance. 
And a trance is an unconscious state characterized by an absence of response to an external stimuli. Okay, I'm, I'm, stay with me. We're going to make it clear. Another definition of trance is to put out of the wits. To be put out of the wits. It's a displacement of the mind. Abraham fought the birds of prey, the doubt, the discouragement, the distraction, the human reasoning. He fought. He drove them off until he escaped a conscious state. Think about that just a minute. He fought until he was able to escape human reasoning. A lot of us never make it to this point. He kept fighting them. He kept fighting until he escaped the natural realm of reason and intellect. He fought until he stepped into the unconscious realm of the spirit. Are y'all following me? If you're going to step into a place where God can start revealing your true identity and your true destiny, you're going to have to fight that stuff until you are transported into where I'm no longer being uh, moved by external stimuli. I'm no longer being moved by my inadequacies. A lot of people never see this place. Are you following me? We never conquer to the point to where I step out of self-consciousness into God-consciousness. It's called a trance. There are some things. All the supernatural promises of God cannot be seen in your conscious state. That's why your Bible says we walk by faith, not by... That's why the Bible says we look at things that are not seen, not at things that are seen. But the only way, are y'all able to receive this? I don't know, I think it's clear in my spirit that I'm getting it out. That you have to fight what my mind is thinking. I have to fight the lies the devil's telling me. I have to fight the truths that says that I'm inadequate, because I know I'm inadequate, right? But if I don't never conquer them, I can't step into the realm of faith to where I'm so unconscious and now I'm so God conscious, he can start giving me my identity. He can start giving my A lot of us have never got past this point. Are you following me? He fought until he slipped into a deep sleep. And when you slip into this room, you escape human reasoning. It's the realm of faith, we call it. You escape it. You're no longer moved by it. You no longer respond to it. You're so unconscious that when the devil pokes you, you don't feel it. Or you don't respond to it. It's like somebody putting you in a trance. And now you're so mesmerized by the Spirit of God, it don't matter what the lies are, you don't respond to it no more. Can y'all imagine getting to this state? It's on the other side of the fight. It's on the other side of you confronting the lies and saying, no, you're not taking my commitment, okay? 
and I had several scriptures that I, I don't want to bog this down. I'm going too long. But you remember Peter was on the, mount, on the housetop and went into a trance, and he looked into heaven and saw a sheet coming down, right? In other words, when you lose consciousness and you step into that realm, you start seeing things from a heavenly divine realm. This is where faith is birthed. This is where Paul, Paul was uh, praying, and the Bible says he went into a trance and saw Jesus coming and said, they're not going to receive your testimony. I need you to get out of town. He slipped out of a conscious state into a conscious. Can I stop right here and say what's robbing the church is we're too self-conscious. We're so aware of us and our surroundings that our surroundings can poke us and we respond to it. You can make me mad. You can make me walk in unforgiveness. Are you following me? You can make me depressed. My situations can poke me, and it totally controls my emotions. God said, you got to be standing there, and you got to be fighting off these birds of prey so you can enter into a state because the circumstances are always going to be there, but they do not solicit a response from you anymore. Wow. Are you following me? Okay. Just one more principle, and we're going to shut this down. Are y'all getting anything out of this right now? This is so important that you really catch this because a lot, the majority, I'm going to say 95% of the church never get past this point. Matter of fact, majority, and I have seen this. I have seen this with ministries that got snuffed out because people started getting so close. They started moving into levels of commitment and the birds of prey started coming. And before you know it, they will back back out. And back back out. Back back out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever done that? Back back out. Why? Because you didn't fight your way through to step into the fullness of what God's called you to do. <coughs> so Abraham's fighting, and he fought by faith until he fell into a deep sleep. He fought by faith until he finally fought through all of his self-conscious garbage into the realm of the spirit. And look what happened. I want to tell you something. You'll never find out your destiny until you get past this place. That's why the devil comes. If you ever find out who you really are, the devil's in trouble. We'll even get to the point right here to where people who were delivered and set free will start doubting their deliverance. They'll start doubting. Well, did I really get anything? Can anybody relate to this? Am I really called? Did God really say that? Did he really mean that? Absolutely. It's just the birds of praise trying to steal it from you. And if you don't stand up and fight for it, you're never going to step into your destiny. 15, 17. These 30-minute classes never work out. And it came to pass. He's fighting. He went into a trance. He lost his consciousness. You know, if you wasn't so self-conscious, you wouldn't be wearing a chip on your shoulder all the time. You wouldn't be so easily offended. Are you following me? Just some little things to let you know if you're really self-conscious or not. You know, they didn't even notice me. They didn't even speak to me. He didn't shake my hand. Those are so minuscule. What if they would have slapped you? Yeah. Come on now. What if they would have tied you to a whipping post? 
What if they had to beat you because you was preaching? Not because you stole something. Are you following me? But because you was preaching. Is anybody listening to me? I'm talking about the New Testament church. They were so unconscious and God conscious that they'd leave the city rejoicing because they just suffered for Jesus Christ. Verse 17. And it came to pass. He fell into a trance. He's, in, he's totally unconscious now. He fought his way through. He kept them birds off his sacrifice. When the sun went down, it was dark. And behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between the pieces. When he finally fought his way through by faith, every lie, every distraction, every doubt slipped into an unconscious state when all five sacrifices was accounted for, flesh was dead, God shows up and starts walking. Abraham's laying over the side now. And God is walking between them, sacrifice, talking, telling him what his destiny is, making his promise to him. Here's a principle that I need you to catch. Verse number 12 says, And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abraham, and lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. You'll always know when you are the closest to stepping in your predetermined purpose by the fearful darkness that comes in. Somebody better get a hold of this. Huh? Can anybody even relate to it? Has anybody been here? Oh, right before you step into destiny, there's no ecstasy. The, es- the ecstasy was when you really felt like God called you to it. That's when it was, hey, I'm called. But you didn't know there was five carcasses going to have to be laid. You didn't know that before you stepped into it, it was going to get so dark. Fear was going to come in and you were going to be in horror. Oh, my God. And every bit of this was the design of God. And it's at these times right now, we'll shrink back. We'll shrink back. But it's in these times right now that God is taking away every natural, every form of natural light away from you. Everything that would allow you to see with your natural eyes is taken away from you. Are you following me? Everything that you could even see that you could accomplish this is taken away from you. Why? Because you're going to step into a realm of supernatural dimensions. And none of you can operate on that level in the natural. So at this point, he's trying to take you away from leaning upon a natural light source so you can behold the burning lamp, which is God. He's the only light. He's the only light. God, if I could just tell you how many times I've been through this. Of how many times when it was time to go to the next level. And I was excited about it because I knew something was in me. Only to find myself in total fear that, oh my God, 
I can't do that. Am I helping anybody? I can't operate on that level. I can't see to where we can accomplish that. I can't see to where God said, I'm taking out all light so that you'll have no confidence whatsoever in your flesh. So that now you will turn from all natural light and see, behold, the scripture says, here comes a burning lamp. It's my only source now. Somebody catch this right here. I feel the Holy Spirit that you thought the fear was the fact you couldn't do it when it was the fact that God said, I'm showing you you can't do it, but I need you to look over to your commitment. Look over to our covenantal agreement that I'm walking through, and I want you to notice I'm walking by myself. You're not even up here. You're, you're, you're totally unconscious. Are you following me? I, I'm doing this by myself. I'm doing this by myself in agreement with you because there's nothing in you that can create what I am. Oh, my God. Am I, am I, am I, there's nothing in you. So you just lay over there. I'm going to do. I'm the source. I'm the strength. I'm the fire. I'm the ability. I'm the passion. Amen. So all I need you to do is focus on me, and I'm going to walk through here, and then I'm going to allow you to operate in my strength. Oh, my God. This is really deep tonight. So I need you to be praying right now for you to receive this because this right here is robbing multitudes from stepping into destiny. It said, gross darkness and fear came, and it came to pass. The sun was down, it was dark, and here come God as a burning lamp, and he's passing between the pieces. And the next scripture says, and at that point, God made covenant with Abraham. Now you're ready. And look what happens. I'm going to tie this together, bringing it to an end. Look at verse number 18. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto your seed have I given your land. He done told him that one time, but that's all Abraham knew is, I got destiny. He had no details. But now look at him. I'm giving you the land from the river of Egypt to the river of Euphrates. I'm giving you the Kenites, Kenizzites, Kadamites, all these. All of a sudden, all the details was made clear. The reason we know we're destined to do greatness, but we never understand the details is because we never make it through this process and every individual has to go through this process are y'all following me you have to go through this process before you step into a state of unconsciousness and God says now let me show you everything I got for you now anybody got anything they want to ask before I shut this down. Anybody got anything they want to add to this? Anybody got anything to say? <laughs> That's good. Is it really good? Can y'all really relate to this? Because that's where we are as Life Church right now. Not just you as an individual. This is where we are as a whole. And things that we saw and we started pursuing months ago, we're at that place right now to where it seems dark, 
It seems fearful. It seems like I can't see. I don't even know how I'm going to do this. It's at the same place Abraham was. And it's because God's trying to divert our attention off any strength we may have to divert on God alone walking through these sacrifices. Yes, sir? And aggravating. Wow. That's right. So what do we take? The only thing that destroys a lie is truth. Right? The Word of God. Taking the truth. I'm telling you... I've had this stuff in my spirit for months. And it was never time to deliver it until we come to this point in our lives. Because I'm telling you, the majority of the people in this room right here tonight that God brought out here tonight are standing that close to stepping into the dimension you know's in you. It's kind of like you've gotten the ultrasound of it, but you ain't seen the fullness of it all. And God is saying, the reason I can't give you the fullness of it all is because you're still in such a conscious state. That we have to step out of that conscious, natural, human reasoning. Because let's face it, when God starts calling you to do something, if God's really calling you to do it, all five senses is going to reject it. I promise you that. If you're young in Christ and you ain't stepping, all five senses is going to tell you, you're nuts. You ain't qualified. You too jacked up. You too messed up. And if you don't fight until you lose consciousness and step into the unconscious state of faith, you never get him to come in and start walking through your sacrifice and start giving you details. Can I, can I pray over you? Can I pray over you? We really was going to go into some corporate prayer. It's nearly 8 o'clock. So just, just, just let me, just, just kind of bow your heads where you're at. I didn't know we were going to dive so deep in a sense, but I think we've dove deep. You know, we'd love to quote a scripture. Just, just start getting in the spirit in your mind. It's in the book of Steve, you may know where it's at, but it's in the book of Corinthians. One of the Corinthians, it says, all the promises of God are. And if you read that in the Passion Translation, it gives you a little better idea what it's saying. It says, all the promises of God are yes, and they're contingent upon my amen. And the word amen means I concur, I agree, I covenant with you. So yes, all the promises of God are yes. Not a maybe, not I'll try. They're yes. But they're only attainable when I step in and say amen. So be it, God. I believe it, God. I covenant with it, Father. I lay hold to it. So a lot of promises are forfeited because God never really gets a real amen. Because in our amen means standing there with a stick in our hand 
fighting away every conscience, this old filthy self-conscious doubt, insecurities that robs us of it. But God has got Life Church poised to step in. The question is, are we going to fight? Question is, are we going to stand and miss our sacrifice and say, no, God told me to lay this here and this here, and he's going to show up, and until he does, I'm going to fight, and I'm going to fight these and swat these flies and kill these flies until I've killed everything that hinders God from speaking to me on the level I want to hear. Let me pray over you. Father, oh, my God, I just feel... I feel like you need to open your mind that this teaching is a lot broader than I may be receiving right now. It's a lot more relevant than maybe I'm receiving. Why don't you pray for God to open up your understanding right now? Just a few minutes here. You're on your way home by eight. Why don't you, why don't you pray? You got destiny in you. You got destiny in you. Don't be satisfied gleaning off somebody else's you got destiny in you and tonight God is bringing you revelation you got to fight Abraham you got to drive them birds out drive them birds of prey out drive them flying thoughts they keep robbing you from stepping into a state this was Abraham's sacrifice of praise and he kept praising until he entered into the faith dimension and started seeing things on a supernatural level I need you to get ready. I need you to get ready to start seeing. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.